Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Luke 12, 1 through 34. Fear is a very interesting and very powerful motivator in the human heart. Uh, Just think of what fear could motivate you to do, how fast fear could motivate you to run if you came across a bear in the woods, right? Fear uh, can be a powerful thing, and fear is not always bad. In fact, there is one kind of fear that the Bible repeatedly praises. And so today we're going to talk about fear in Luke chapter 12. And in this passage, the first 34 verses of Luke 12, we're going to see one kind of fear that is appropriate, and we're going to see two types of fear that are destructive. And that is kind of the theme of this passage. And you'll even notice uh, that today is really a lot of teaching from Jesus. And we're starting to see even a little more of that in the gospel of Luke, Uh, just passages with a lot of teaching from Jesus, less uh, just narrative of the things that Jesus did and, and more now a recording of teaching that Jesus gave, sometimes in response to situations, but a lot of teaching from Jesus in this chapter. Uh, And so we start with the fear that is appropriate, and clearly that is the fear of God. Um, It says in verse 5, But I warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So there, you you see twice, even in the English Standard Version, the phrase, fear him. You need to fear the Lord. Well, what can that look like? Well, the beginning of the passage, I think, gives us some insight into what the fear of the Lord looks like. In verse 1, he speaks to his disciples and says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden, that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. So there you see Jesus clearly teaching you're not getting away with anything, especially not hypocrisy, because hypocrisy means you're kind of putting on the mask, you're you're putting on the face, you present one thing in public, but the real you is is not that. And Jesus is saying the real you is going to be exposed. And that's where a lot of that happens in this life. Time and truth go hand in hand. So hypocrisy often is exposed over time. But also, you should think of judgment in this, that someday everyone will stand before Christ and nothing will be hidden from his sight. And that's that, it's verses like this that lead me to kind of a working definition of the fear of the Lord. You know, we talk about what is the fear of the Lord. And some people, I think, try to say, well, it's not really fear. Well, then why does it use the word fear? No, it is it is fear. Um, but what does that lead to? What does that practically look like? Well, I, I like to say that it's living like God is real 
like he is the holy and awesome God that he is and that he is watching everything that I do. That's a good working, I think, definition of the fear of the Lord. Uh, What does it practically look like? I'm living my life like this holy and awesome God who's a righteous judge is watching everything that I do. Um, And I realize even when other people don't see what I'm doing, God sees what I'm doing. That is the fear of the Lord worked out in a practical way. And and the fear comes in where he is the judge. He will judge me for what is going on. Or uh, he will, if I'm a Christian, he he as my father will discipline me if I step into sin, even if nobody else knows. And so that is a fear that is meant to be cultivated in our lives. And that is a fear that is healthy. Uh, There are fears that are healthy. There are good fears that keep us from doing foolish things in this world. I am not going to base jump because I'm afraid of that. And in my mind, that's a good thing. I don't know that that's something I feel the need to do. I think it's a dangerous thing and I'm going to stay away from it. Um, and there's so many other things, probably even more extreme examples we could come up with to show fear can keep you from doing some foolish things. And so this is the most healthy of all fears, the fear of the Lord, understanding, hey, what I say uh, in private, what I whisper in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And the things I do that nobody else sees, God sees, and what I do will be exposed that's a healthy fear. Um, and if people try to tell you, oh, the, the, the fear of God doesn't exist for Christians anymore, keep reading your Bible and you'll see, no, that that should be a motivating factor for Christians. Now, we see two types of fear that are inappropriate for Christians in this passage. And the first really is a fear of man, or kind of more specifically, the flavor in this passage is a fear of persecution. Um, And that's where I read verse five, it says, fear him. Well, look at verse four, right before that, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, have nothing more they can do. And then it says, but I warn you whom to fear, fear, fear him, fear God, who can destroy both body and soul. Um, And so there, again, the context clearly has the idea of persecution. Don't fear those who even could kill you for your faith. Don't be afraid of them because that's all that they can do is kill you. And and notice uh, the judgment of God, which comes along with the idea of the fear of God, isn't the only thing in this passage, although it is there, you do also see the care of God in verses six and seven. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why even the hairs of your head are all numbered? Fear not, for you are of more value than many sparrows. So there it's also telling you one of the reasons you shouldn't be afraid is that God cares for you. God cares for his people. He knows the hairs on your head. He takes care of the sparrows. How would he not also care for you? Because you are of much more value 
than the sparrows. And then it goes on to say in verse eight, and I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the son of man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And so there you you see this idea of don't be afraid to confess me before men. No, fear me. Um, And we need to be more concerned about what God thinks than what people think. So there we see the inappropriate fear of the fear of man. Uh, The next thing that we'll see is the inappropriate fear of need. And it's summed up, I think, most succinctly in verse 22. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. And that's where we need to admit anxiety is inherently linked with fear. Here the fear is, what will I wear? What will I eat? I'm afraid that I won't have enough. And Jesus is saying, you don't need to be afraid of that. And again, he goes to nature. The ravens are taken care of. The lilies of the field are taken care of. The the grass, I guess it says here in Luke, uh, you don't need to be afraid. Um, And so we need to trust God for provision. And that's that's still a very relevant thing today. It might look a little different. We live in a more advanced society where, for the most part, a lot of our basic needs are, are met. Most of you haven't had any real worry about food or clothing in your life, uh, but there still is a lot of fear related to finances. And the other thing that we'll see in this passage is Um, Christians not only shouldn't be afraid of need, they should have an entirely different perspective when it comes to finances. Uh, In verse 13 through 21, in response to someone in the crowd asking Jesus to really become an arbitrator in a family matter, uh, he goes into this parable of the rich fool who has a, a big year with the crops and thinks, great, now I'm set for life, except his life is only going to have one more day. He's going to die. And God says to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So here you see, not only should you not be afraid of financial things, you need to have an entirely different perspective. The world is all about storing up wealth. Now, Jesus is saying you need to be rich toward God. And even that's part of the solution in verse 31 to anxiety. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. And then look where it goes in verse 32. Fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Stop. Think about that. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jesus Christ is coming back, people, and he is going to reign. And you will share in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That is your future. That's your real retirement. Okay? So, again, this is becoming a theme here in Luke. Live like a change is going to come. 
Live like you are going to receive the kingdom and be a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Therefore, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So here you see Christians should think entirely different about finances. And I think sometimes when we... Read a verse like verse 33, sell your possessions and give to the needy, provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old. We can instantly become very reactive and qualifying saying, well, as Christians, we don't need to take a vow of poverty. I would agree with that. We don't need to take a vow of poverty. This doesn't mean, hey, you need to literally not own anything. But I think, again, sometimes we can start backing away from a verse like this instead of leaning into it. And what the verse is saying is live like a change is going to come. Think about your finances differently because you know it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. If your finances don't look any different from the world's, that's a big problem uh, because we should be kingdom minded people and that should affect the way we think about things. We should fear the Lord, not people and not a financial need. And we should handle our finances differently because we are living like a change is going to come. So I would encourage you to think through those things today. Don't be afraid of others and their opinions. Don't be afraid of need. Fear the Lord and trust the Lord and seek his kingdom above anything else. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.